0: Football today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootballcbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
1: Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he Free agency recap. It really has been an awesome week around the NFL. We have a lot to talk about. I am Adam Azer here on Fantasy Football Today. It's March Madness too we got to talk about that possibly a way for you to get into the podcast league. Welcome to Heath Cummings and Dave Richard. Good afternoon, fellas.
0: Thank you for that warm welcome. I'm uh, I'm a little more excited for March Madness this year than I have been years past. And stunningly, my college is not in the tournament, and yet I'm still excited about it. How come? Because for years and years, I wanted to dedicate time to watching college basketball to try and actually... Have a good bracket instead of just guessing, which is what I pretty much did for the last seven years. And I I took a step forward. I watched a lot of ACC basketball, spent a lot of time watching some conference tournaments. And uh, I'm not going to act like I know everything about
2: college basketball, but I feel better about filling out my bracket this year than I have in years past. See, I was going to go the opposite way. And I was just thinking, you nothing. know i've I've done a lot of research in the past and watched a lot of games in the past and not done very well in brackets over the last five years. So you're telling me I've wasted my I time. haven't really watched much college basketball so far this year. Um, one of the biggest advantages I have is that the Kansas Jayhawks have lost like a third of their team, mm-hmm. and so I won't pick them to win at all. So that Good. will be a bonus for me.
0: And you have absolutely zero expectations for them.
2: But so if no, they do well after but, all, then no, you'll be happy. There was a problem because they put them in a region where if they win their first two games, they get to play in Kansas City. Oh, and that could lead me to make some bad decisions. But I'm just—I <laughs> think I'm going to do no research whatsoever. I may even pick based on like proximity to location or mascot strength.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mascot strength.
2: And I, thankfully, I like that could really hurt you in years when Miami makes the tournament because Hurricanes are really strong. But we won't, we won't make that mistake either. Yeah, but our our mascot's in ibis. Are,
0: which are the Hurricanes in the NIT? They
2: are not in any.
0: No, post they're, they, they did not make the NIT. They did. They did
1: not deserve it. And now we should probably end the. College yes, they thought. should, and they, we should absolutely, and because we have plenty of football to talk about. But the reason we wanted to talk about brackets, because look, it's it's March Madness. Everybody's talking about brackets, but we have a bracket challenge that I will tell you about. If you are in first place, uh, actually, you know what? If you win it, and you're a football listener, I'll put you in the podcast league. So, Ooh. I was going to say, uh, you know, I, I said to Dave earlier, what's the best way to talk about all this? Because since we last podcasted on Wednesday, we did a Monday show about Antonio Brown, mostly. We did a Tuesday show about, not a lot, some other stuff that happened on Monday and Tuesday. We did a Wednesday show, though, about Odell Beckham and Le'Veon Bell. Since then, we've had some big stuff. We've had Mark Ingram, Tevin Coleman, Golden Tate. Not necessarily all good, but important stuff for fantasy. Uh, Parker. So uh, what was the best way to do it? Dave suggested we do opposite day. So, Dave, give us some opposite day fantasy football analysis.
0: Well, let me just tell you how excited I am for Ryan Fitzpatrick as the quarterback of the <laughs> Miami Dolphins. I see a lot of big games coming your way. You're going to want to take him with an early round pick on draft day. <laughs>
1: okay. And uh, on that note, I love the Tevin Coleman signing. I couldn't think of a better landing spot for Tevin Coleman than a team that already has good running backs. This was exactly what I wanted on opposite day here for Tevin Coleman.
0: You're not supposed to, like, mention the opposite opposite day, but everybody assumes. We we are going to have to clarify when we stop with opposite
2: analysis and go to, like— Honestly, I honestly. just want. To, I'm proud of Adam because I know what a big Giants fan he is, and it must have been really hard to hold in his excitement for the huge haul the Giants got for Odell Beckham. They did a massive, a oh. great job getting rid oh. of an overrated wide receiver Thank to you. acquire all of those assets. And I make agree, their, and then basically replace him <laughs> with someone who's just as good, if not better.
0: I, you know, I was thinking the exact same thing. Golden Tate catches so many passes and doesn't do, or does so. I forgot. He's never fought. Fa- he's never fa- does
2: so much with it. Never fought. Fa- with a kicking net oh my
0: goodness that's true that's true that's real i've never seen i've I've never seen him on a boat in miami i can't wait to draft golden tate ahead of odell beckham
1: i'm very i'm thrilled with the direction that the giants are going okay let's end opposite day now and get back to reality um then do some superlatives best signing or trade the browns browns okay i'll I, i will say the ravens love love mark ingram there that's a that's a great yeah, runner-up. Okay. Worst signing or trade? The Giants. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh,
0: go, not, we're out of opposite analysis Yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For reals. Golden Tate signing with New York is stupid. What is that? They already had a good slot receiver in Sterling Shepard. Good. Not great. I think Golden Tate's a better slot receiver than Sterling Shepard. What does that mean? That they're going to kick Shepard outside more often? Yeah, I would assume so. I, I Listen, I... I would love for that to happen, but are the Giants doing anything that makes any damn sense? I, I'm an, I've
2: am i got a different one. Go ahead. I'll go with Latavius Murray. Going to New Orleans? They gave Latavius Murray, I think, $16 million over four years when they could have had Mark Ingram for $15 million over three years. Unless there's something that we don't know and Mark Ingram just did not want to play in New Orleans anymore, that was terrible. I mentioned it before. Ingram had six fumbles over the last two seasons. Murray
0: had one. And that combined with the cheaper per year rate um, is probably what did in Ingram leaving New Orleans and Murray signing there.
1: From a fantasy perspective, because like from a fantasy perspective, we love the Beckham trade, and I really do love Ingram with the Ravens, and I'm interested to get your take on that, but I, I think it's great. Uh, what do you think the worst... Cause I think Golden Tate could be the answer to that, too. Uh, you know, Worst fantasy... Signing. Oh, Tevin Coleman for sure. Yeah, Tevin Coleman is right. It's sucked. I'm gonna end up being a little more optimistic than you guys on Devin Coleman. Does, is that contingent on them releasing Jared no. McKinnon?
0: No,pe not at all. Because I, I don't think they will. I know there's talk about it, but I don't think they're in that. I don't think they're that cap strapped that they need to let go of Jared McKinnon.
1: Most confusing signing. Most confusing.
0: See now, like or that trade. would be where Golden Tate would fall in for me. It,
1: yeah. That one was confusing. Right, it's like you yeah. it, it just mine was Jamison Crowder. Like you already
2: have Quincy and Nnamdi on your team.
1: <laughs>
2: I don't think Quincy's that good. I don't okay. <laughs> like I said, Jameson Crowder. You already have Quincy and Nnamdi on your team.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of what uh, that's a good one. Tate like signing Golden Tate to a 4-year 37.5 million deal. my million dollar deal? On its face is fine. It's just the Giants aren't going to be good enough to make that matter, and they don't have really an outside receiver. I guess they could draft one. The, so. the other
2: one I would say, and I think the Bills did some very good things, I don't understand the Colbys. Oh,
1: thing. right, exactly. What's up with these slot receivers?
2: Like They, they have value in money. certain offenses. They have value with certain quarterbacks. I don't think Josh Allen or the, or the offense that looks like they want to run is that situation.
1: So was the John Brown signing bad for John Brown? Yes.
2: I don't know. When are you ever going to feel confident starting him? Let's, let's, let's see if Josh Allen makes any progress. In theory, he is a great pairing with Josh Allen if Josh Allen gets more accurate. But that's going to need to play itself out. How, how can that play itself out on a consistent basis? Because
0: I agree with you. John Brown's got great speed. We know that Josh Allen can chuck it. So it's just a matter of them connecting. There's going to be three tries per game max between those two on the deep ball. And I don't know if John Brown can stay healthy and and contribute. This is still a team I think that needs a number one receiver.
1: Yeah, you know, you you give him Beasley, you give him Brown, Zay Jones... Uh, came Robert, on, Foster, Robert was Foster still there. They both came on. It's not bad for Allen. They like
0: Jason Krum at tight end.
1: Right, it's not bad for Josh Allen. I don't know that any one of these guys is going to jump out as a consistent fantasy contributor. But it's certainly an upgrade for, for Allen. And and John Brown, his first nine games, you, you just look at what he did with Joe Flacco. He was on pace for uh to, be, to be the number 17 wide receiver in non-PPR, number 20 in PPR. He was on pace for 60 catches, 1,068 yards, and seven touchdowns. Unfortunately, you dive a little bit deeper into that. He, he was great his first four games. He was pretty much trash the next five games. And then seven games with Lamar Jackson. Seven games with Lamar Jackson. John Brown had eight catches for 114 yards and one touchdown. It, like, seven games. <laughs> so uh, those tanked his numbers. But, uh, okay, so maybe it's better for, for Allen than any one individual on Buffalo. And what was my last one? Under the radar, Great signing.
0: So there's three that I think can qualify for this. They're all wide receivers that went on to different teams, but I think there's one that it, it, it's not exciting other than just like the fit, and that's Dante Moncrief to the Steelers, where I'm going to assume he's going to be a starter, potentially the number two receiver, not the number three, and he's had a knack for scoring, and he's, he's not going to be the one double-covered every week with the Steelers. It's going to be Juju. And he's not going to be the one stretching the field either. That'll probably be more like James Washington. But he could still be in position on a team that throws a lot to catch a bunch of passes and be a target in the red zone. So I like him more than the other two under-the-radar guys, which were Prashad Perryman to the Bucks and Kevin White to Arizona. Kevin White to Arizona, like, on paper, makes a ton of sense because he's got the speed that Cliff Kingsbury wants in his passing game. Does he still, though? I think he does, at least straight-line speed. It's just a matter of whether or not he
2: can put it all together. I think it was a great low-risk signing by the Cardinals. I was going to say another receiver that um, I guess maybe wasn't. I don't know if it counts as under the radar or not, but I think, I think it does. Devin Funches to you, the Colts.
1: You liked it? We, we didn't, I, yeah. I think
2: it's an under-the-radar under the type situation where, I mean, he loves his tight ends. <laughs> right. I think it's bad for Eric Ebron. Well, I'd already downgraded Ebron quite a bit just because I didn't think he'd repeat that, but yes, I agree. Because now it's
0: another big body in the red zone. It's going to be good for Andrew Luck. Luck might have more touchdowns next year than he had this past year.
1: And I guess I'll cheat, and I'll take somebody who did not change teams, but I'll just say uh, I'm excited that Geronimo Allison is back with the Packers on a one-year deal. His first four games, uh, I'll get the numbers in a second, but he had something like around 75 yards in all four games. And then when he came back for one more game, Marquez Valdez Scantling kind of carved out a role. He didn't do so much with it, so I think uh, Geronimo Allison might be their second best receiver, assuming they don't add anybody else. First four games, he had between 64 and 80 yards in all four games with two touchdowns. Uh, and yeah, I, I think it's I think it's nice. I think he's certainly worth I uh, I don't know ninth round pick. Geronimo, he, he's a, he's a
2: sleeper. I I hate it for Aaron Rodgers because he still just has one good receiver.
1: Hey, Allison might be good. He might God be the good, Scandley but I don't know if he's a number two
2: guy. He's probably not good. I mean he, he might be, but like we're going into year four and he's got seven hundred and fifty yards receiving.
1: All right, those are some superlatives. We got some Twitter polls, we got analysis on all the major things you need to know about, some rankings. Have you guys adjusted your rankings yet? Yes. Cool. Who who is the biggest riser or faller? Probably
2: Baker Mayfield.
0: That sounds about right to me. Evan Ingram did some nice rising.
2: He rose for me and then kind of settled back down a little bit. Really? Because mm, of Golden Tate? I think I I don't. I mean, he's still a, a top six tight end. I had him eighth before, so he's gone up. But I had him as the clear number four in that short window of time before Golden Tate signed.
0: I uh, I trashed Golden Tate. In the rankings, it's kind of embarrassing how low I put him.
2: Well, I don't know. I don't know. Like <laughs> Eli's not good, but they're going to be behind all the time, and it's not like he's going from a, a world class quarterback in Matthew Stafford. He's average. It, I don't he's know. He's better
0: than Eli, and it was in a it was in a well defined role where he got a steady dose of targets on a passing team, and the Giants are pretty clearly going to go to a
2: Saquon focused. Yeah offense. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's just going to be hard I'm to nervous, do man. when
2: you're down 21 in the third quarter. Nah,
1: Dave Gettleman's not worried about that. Hog bollies. He wants the hog bollies on the offensive line. That's the hand of God about. will touch the whole offense. They are going to have a really good offensive. Uh, they could have a very good offensive line. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, it is interesting. I, I think that when you look at Tate on Detroit, he didn't have really a tight end. I mean, the like Gebron didn't really do that much. He was always disappointing, and they didn't have a Sterling Shepherd-like player, I guess, in my opinion. So it is a—it's just a weird fit. I yeah, I'm not interested. I'm not, in not in, going get him. in non-PPR. Okay. But I, I mean, he,
2: Ebron was around six to seven hundred yards and fifty to sixty catches.
1: Don't I you don't want know that more that's than a that? A lot from,
2: different than what Ingram's been.
1: Well, what he's been, but but what he's been without Beckham is a lot better than that.
2: Well, yeah. When your number two is Corey Coleman, he's the number two.
1: (laughs) Corey Uh, Coleman is number two. I I see what you're saying. So, so you're saying that if Ingram performs well, if Ingram performs like Ebron performed with the Lions, then obviously everybody's going to be too high on Ingram because he probably shouldn't be drafted.
2: Ingram's rookie year, he had 64 catches for 722 yards. That was basically the best year for Ebron before he went to Indianapolis.
1: Ingram is awesome without Beckham. Awesome.
2: He okay has I, has been I, has been awesome without Beckham. I I think the the thing for me is that it was it that there's no Beckham or was it that Sterling Shepard's the number one and there's no number two at all.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, it, it's probably I don't know. Got to go somewhere in between, right? What he was right. with Beckham and what what he was without Beckham and without Tate. It's got to be somewhere. So you have him six, Dave. Where do you have Evan Ingram?
0: Uh, he's my number four tight end,
1: and we were pretty excited about him on Tuesday or Wednesday when we did the show with Nathan before the Golden Tate sighting. I also, I think they're going to draft a wide receiver, maybe in the first round. I'd be, I doubt it, but uh, <laughs> I'm
0: not so sure they draft so, one. And I'm almost certain they, they won't will. draft one in the first round after getting Golden Tate.
1: They, I mean, they have a lot of picks, so they'll they'll draft one, but. Okay uh, bracket challenge I just tweeted out a link Dave and Heath retweet it right now Let's see how many people Right now we only have two people in the league Uh, By the end of this podcast I'd like it to be 100 By the end of Wednesday night I'd like it to be 2,000 I want you in this bracket challenge If you don't have Twitter Email fantasyfootball at cbsi.com Put like bracket challenge in the subject line Ask me for the link I will send it to you Join it CBS Sports HQ I'll tell you about that in a second But go to sportsline.com sportsline.com and get our optimal bracket our upset bracket great tournament coverage picks on the games great gambling advice fantasy content sportsline.com if you want it for one dollar for your first month the promo code is huddle again the promo code is huddle on sportsline.com one dollar for the first month then it's only 9.99 after that and honestly you've heard me talk about cbs sports hq if you don't use CBS Sports, if you don't watch CBS Sports HQ, this is a great time to start watching it. It's 24/7. It's got all the tournament highlights, analysis, the picks that you want, the bracketology all week, live shows to help you win your office pool. It's on CBS Sports HQ. It's always on and you can stream it live on all of your devices. Like I use my Roku, whatever you have Apple TV, get the CBS Sports app and you can get the you can get HQ for free on the CBS Sports app.
2: Can I, can I just say how excited I am for the next three weeks of you saying the word tournament? I say it weird? Yeah. I, I don't think – I think it's normal for someone from your part of the country. Uh, lots of people say it that way. Uh, it just makes me giggle. What do I say? Uh, tournament.
1: <laughs> I do not say that. Tournament. All right. Yes. Get into our, <laughs> our tournament challenge right now. Dave
0: Gettleman, is that you?
1: Uh, all right. Twitter poll. Which running back do you want in 2019? 2,500 votes. Mark Ingram, Damian Williams, or Phillip Lindsey? Mark Ingram, Damian Williams, don't forget, Carlos Hyde is now on the Chiefs, and Phillip Lindsey. So what would you guys have answered? If I could pick one without round consideration,
2: you know, draft round consideration, it would be Williams. Yeah, I I think I'd still go with Williams as well. I think the only way Ingram's in— I don't really think Ingram's in this conversation, but the only way he's in this conversation is if it's a non-PPR league. He's very good catching the football, but I don't expect there to be a lot of pass-catching opportunities in Baltimore. Not
0: compared to the other guys.
2: Right. So I, I'll go with Williams for now.
0: Williams, Lindsey, Ingram, all top 24 fantasy running backs.
1: Well, yeah, Lindsey for the record, he only caught 35 balls last year. I mean, I know we're hopeful that that can improve, but he wasn't exactly good in PPR. Uh, so, am I too excited about Mark Ingram? I don't see competition there. I see a team that led the league in rush attempts. Um, I I don't think he's old. I mean, I know he's he's a little older. I think he's 29, but he's ne- he's had only one season with like a ton of work. He had about 300 touches one year and he was amazing. So, I I I love it. Am I I don't think I'd I'd answer Ingram. I think I'd probably answer, oh, man. Actually, I think I would. I I think I'd answer Philip Lindsay, who actually won the poll. 38%. Damian Williams, 35%. Mark Ingram, 27%. It's pretty close. But, yeah, am I too excited about this Ingram news going to Baltimore?
0: No. I think it makes sense because it seems like he's got a clear path to being an every-down running back for Baltimore. I think Kenneth Dixon, if he stays healthy, could take away some third-down
2: work from him. I I don't think I don't think you can run the ball 45 times a game and give... Like, I don't know that Ingram's going to be a 25-touch guy.
1: Well, not, I, How often was Gus a,
2: game? a 25-touch guy? Maybe t- twice? Yeah, because like a fourth, maybe a third of those rush attempts are going to Lamar Jackson
1: hmm
2: and they did use multiple backs pretty regularly last year, now, maybe it was because they didn't have any I mean they didn't have anybody as talented as Mark Ingram, exactly, but I don't know that just because they got Mark Ingram, they're going to just give him all that work.
0: Well, I think Mark Ingram is the better running back compared to everybody that they had last year. Yes, he's agreed. better than Alex Collins, but he's got the same type of fumbling issue. remember six fumbles the last two seasons that matters. But I, I think he'll have more of a leash than Alex Collins had. I think it solves their goal line dilemma. Remember, because they were going between Collins See, and I, Buck Allen and everybody else. I think Ingram gets that job. I and th- I think he's going to get the most carries of any
2: other back on that team. And it's a good offensive line. It's a run-centric offense. I, the problem is I don't know necessarily. Like it, it solves probably the issue of giving goal line carries to multiple backs. But they had a goal line issue once Lamar... Jackson was quarterback because it's hard to run the option that close to the goal line. And Jackson would sometimes take it in himself. And that teams don't really have much of a threat of him beating them with the pass in the red zone. So it, it gets more difficult to run down there.
1: Okay. So how would you rank the three of them? Lindsey, Damian Williams, Mark Ingram.
2: Williams, Lindsey, Ingram for now. Same.
1: Okay. So Twitter poll number two. and Oh, by the way, we are going to talk about Uh, Not not much about it, but the Tyree Kill situation. Uh, Because, I mean, that's huge. Twitter poll number two. Assuming both Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon are on the team, what is your approach to the San Francisco running backs? About 3,000 votes here. I want Coleman. I want McKinnon. I'll draft both. I'm avoiding them. I'm avoiding them one going away 59%. I'll draft both. Got 7%. I want McKinnon 12%. I want Coleman 22%. What about you guys? What is your assuming they're both there? Plus, Breida. Uh, what, what are you doing with the Niners' running backs?
0: I want Coleman, but only if I can get him in late round four or round five
2: if he slips. I'm not taking any of them in the first four rounds. Okay.
0: I just I think that he's the most versatile, the healthiest, um, best playmaker of the three. I think he just has everything in his favor. I think Kyle Shanahan knows exactly what he's getting because he helped draft Heaven coleman once upon a time when the two were in atlanta i think it's i think it's a no-brainer that he will be the best running back in san francisco and i think that offense is going to be better this year than it was last year it has to be they're going to get their quarterback back their offensive line will be better i i, I think that they realize that they should not count on jarek mckinnon to be their primary back and there's no way they can trust matt Burita to be that guy when he limped off the field practically every game. So Coleman solves those problems. He's not going to get every touch, but he's he's going to be their best answer at running back.
2: I think an interesting question is, what the whoever it is that leads the 49ers in rush attempts this year, how many do they have?
0: I'm not sure it'll even be 200.
2: Yeah. That's, that's kind but of that's where, where I'm That's if McKinnon control, right? stays
0: healthy, though. Breida stays healthy. Um, Raheem Mostert will be back. They're going to be able to do some sort of a rotation there. I just think Coleman will lead the rotation. There will be some weeks where he has ten carries, forty yards, and you're gonna you're gonna act like Kubert when he gets hit by that coily snake, and he has all those curse words come out of his mouth, but you don't know what the curse words are because it's just letters. They're not even letters; it's symbols. You know, like I don't. I don't know this. I don't
1: know. I don't really get this reference. <laughs> Kubert? you never played Cubbert? I don't think I... I ever played it. I know it, but I've never played it.
0: It was a pretty annoying game. <laughs> but part of the fun of it was knowing that Kubert curses every time he gets bit.
1: So, I am seeing in PPR leagues there were like six top 14 running backs who had fewer than 200 carries. Alvin Kamara was fourth. James White was 8th, Kareem Hunt was 11th, and Tariq Cohen was 12th. So four top 12—how the hell was Tariq Cohen a top 12 running back? He had 71 catches. Um, so four top 12 running backs in PPR that had fewer than 200 carries, and two of them have fewer than 100 carries. That's— wild. But
2: they had a lot of catches. They did. And in that format, each catch is worth a point. So I don't think anybody on this team is catching 60 passes.
1: Uh, let me let me check.
2: Not without scoring. injuries.
1: Yeah, and and if they cut McKinnon, it doesn't seem like they will. But if McKinnon didn't exist, I'd be pretty fired up about Tevin Coleman going to the 49ers. I mean, they ran what the ball so well. What about if Matt Breida didn't exist? What if something happens to
0: either one of those running backs during mm-hmm. the preseason?
1: Yeah, I'd be I'd be for, I'd be willing to take a late fourth round pick flyer on Coleman. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because <laughs> because I feel like. Uh, One of them will get dinged up at some point in the year. I'm going to make the (laughs) assumption that Tevin Coleman will get the lead way, and I'm going to beat you to him in late round four.
1: Hey, I forgot a running back. There were five running backs that had fewer than 200 carries and finished at the top 12. Melvin Gordon was number seven. He had only 175. So Ah. Kamara, Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt in non-PPR, and James White, four in the top 12 in non-PPR, had fewer than 200 carries.
2: Well, and... The, the, the other key besides the catches, Camara scored 18 touchdowns. Gordon scored 14. Hunt scored 14. James White scored 12.
1: So you don't think Coleman could score 12 touchdowns?
2: I wouldn't expect him to score 12 touchdowns. See, I Matt, would expect it's probably closer to eight or nine.
1: Mapperita scored five. Mostert scored one. I don't have their. Uh, I don't have what Alfred Morris did. I don't have their stuff. Okay, whatever. He probably um, had like 20. So that would be the Niners running back. So how would, you, how would you rank Tevin Coleman, Jared McKinnon, and Latavius Murray?
0: Well, Coleman's going to be number one, far and away. And then I actually have Murray a spot ahead of McKinnon.
2: And PPR right now, I believe I have it McKinnon followed by Coleman and Murray.
1: Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, some rankings, some interesting stats about the Saints, all the news and notes you can handle, and your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. And now's a great time while we take this break for you to go join our bracket challenge. I will update you on our participants right after this. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. So the big news, and there's a lot of news, but two items that uh, were important to touch on. Tyreek Hill being investigated for domestic violence and Kareem Hunt suspended eight games. Well, do we have any new information about Tyreek Hill?
2: I think the main thing to keep in and and this is a, obviously a difficult thing to talk about. Um, there is a lot of conflicting information and no new information since the first report came out and so i don't think we have i don't think we have any real for sure information at all at this time
1: if he were suspended for 6 to 8 games where do you think you'd rank patrick mahomes
0: not number 1 but still top 5 maybe still top 3
1: would you rank baker mayfield ahead of him i don't think i'd
0: go there because he patrick mahomes is still going to have other options in, in the offense. <laughs> Travis Kelsey's pretty damn good. Sammy Watkins would probably be asked to contribute more.
1: Sammy Watkins would be amazing.
2: He was fantastic well, from, last year when he was healthy. Yeah, Right.
1: If, if Tyreek Hill were not playing, Sammy Watkins would be like, if this is more about Mahomes, I think Mahomes could turn Watkins into a top 12 receiver.
2: Definitely.
0: On a, On a per-game basis, for sure. He'd lean on his running backs a little bit more. Like, the Chiefs would find ways, but I think that insane upside of 400 yards and four touchdowns goes away if Tyreek Hill is not on the field.
1: So, would you you drop him behind... Who's QB2 for you, Aaron Rodgers?
2: I have Luck, too. I have Watson, too.
1: Okay, so would you take Rodgers or Mahomes in this six-to-eight-game suspension scenario?
0: I think I would go Mahomes.
2: I think I would drop him behind Luck, and he would be my number two quarterback. I I was thinking, yeah, he'd be number two or three for me.
1: Man, I really hope that this is not true, but you know, Tyreek Hill, uh, we he did have the domestic violence issue in college, really hor- horrifying stuff. And they cut Kareem Hunt, and I can't imagine they'd cut Tyreek Hill, but it's not out of Want the question.
0: Bet? It depends on the severity of the incident.
2: Yeah, I would say if. The original report was true. He would not be on the Chiefs. You think
1: they cut him? How could they not after what they did with Curry? I say I know they sort of set a precedent for themselves, but you know, it, winning is, is important. And Hill, I mean, Hunt's great, but Hill is a lot harder to replace than Hunt.
2: Yeah, I, I That's
0: don't fair. But it's still I'm not
1: saying what's right or wrong here. Like I think cut him if it's true. But I'm just saying I don't know what the Chiefs would do because they almost went to the Super Bowl last year, and like it would be I'm sure it'll be a difficult decision for their front office. But you know what? Let's not let's let's wait for it to play out. Um, Kareem Hunt suspended eight games. What do we think? What do we think about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt now?
0: So, I'm I'm first of all I'm a big fan of Nick Chubb, and I was a big fan of Kareem Hunt when he came out too. People who've been listening to the podcast for a long time might remember that. I think the first eight games of the season, you're going to see Nick Chubb come out as a house of fire. It's such a great situation for him now that Odell's there never going to see seven of the box. It's kind of like the same thing that Kareem Hunt had each of the last two seasons in Kansas city, such a great receiving core around him forces defenses to play their safeties back. They've got to respect the pass. They can't stack the box and it opens up tons of opportunities. And I think Chubb is a better pass catcher than you might give him credit for last year. I would assume that he'll begin the season as the heavy lifting running back for them maybe only getting off the field if Duke Johnson is still there, which maybe he is, maybe he's not. Duke will probably come in in obvious passing situations. I thought long and hard about what happens when Hunt comes back, and it just makes too much sense for the Browns to not use him. Yeah, or to use him, I'm saying. It, does, it It wouldn't make sense if they didn't use him. I'm sorry for mixing up what I was saying there.
1: Good, yeah, Hunt, cl- clarify what you're saying. Uh,
0: what I'm saying is Kareem Hunt is definitely going to have a role when he comes back. He might replace Duke Johnson as the passing downs guy and take a couple of carries off of Nick Chubb. What's the motivation for the Browns to lean heavy on Nick Chubb in the second half of the season when, theoretically, they're fighting for a playoff spot, maybe for the division title, which I think they're going to get. So Nick Chubb might go from 20 touches a game down to 15, 16. He'll still be good, but I can't take him in round one anymore. Hmm. He's going to be a round two, but an early round two in non-PPR, middle of round two in full PPR for me. And I'm still going to be excited to get him. And I'm not going to commit to getting Kareem Hunt, even if I get Nick
2: Chubb. It's a long yeah, time I, to wait. I leave. don't think Kareem Hunt will have fantasy relevance unless Nick Chubb gets hurt.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could be like Ingram coming back from suspension where he, he, was, he had good games, especially his first game back. But Mark Ingram was... A headache. A starter sit headache. You know? You just didn't know what his workload was going to be. He had to score. And sometimes he did, sometimes he didn't. But those are the types of players I, I really don't like having on my team. They don't have a defined role. And if they do have a defined role, they're just touchdown dependent. Uh, I, right. I can't see, I can't see Kareem Hunt after an eight game absence coming back and like getting steady, dependable, consistent work where we have Solid expectations and can easily make starter-sit decisions.
0: There's only one way that happens. An injury. Nah, there's two ways. Injury, and Chubb isn't as good as we think he is. That's, that is true. That is true. But, but Hunt will come back as a fresh-legged, three-down potential back in Week 9 or Week 10, depending when the Browns' buy is. And they'd be foolish not to use him. He's gonna get work. He's going to take touches away from Nick Chubb. I don't think it's going to make Nick Chubb a dud. I don't think he's going to go from, you know, must-start fantasy running back to. Eh, I guess I have to start him. I think he'll be a little bit better than that, but I don't think he's going to be. Um, I don't think he's going to be Ezekiel Elliott or Todd Gurley.
1: Okay, Aaron Jones will be better than Nick Chubb. True or false? False. False. Rank these three players. Odell Beckham, Nick Chubb, Zach Ertz.
0: In PPR, I will take Beckham first, then Chubb, then Ertz. But they are all top 30.
1: Okay. In non-PPR, would you take Chubb over Beckham? Yes. All right, Heath, what do you got? Chubb, Beckham, Ertz.
2: I'll go Beckham, Chubb, Ertz. And we've almost got a team name. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, let's do some uh, clean rankings now with no suggestive team names. Uh, All right, here we go. Rank these three. Golden Tate, Dante Pettis, Robbie Anderson. Golden Tate, Dante Pettis, Robbie Anderson.
0: Pettis is my one on that list. Anderson's going to be my two and Golden Tate's going to be my three. That's a non-PPR. But I, I... I love how the offseason has shook out for Dante Pettis. Can we
1: do PPR? Because I have zero interest in Golden Tate and non-PPR. Okay, fine. Pettis is
0: still going to be my one. Anderson, two. And Tate, three. So that's the same, right? Even in PPR, I will take the upside of a second-year receiver, catching passes from Jimmy Garoppolo, and the upside of Anderson, catching passes from second-year quarterback Sam Darnold, over Golden Tate, working in a
2: who-knows-what role with the Giants. I'll go Pettis, Tate, Anderson. And I love Robbie oh, you're, Anderson. Oh, and
0: you're
1: the Robbie guy.
2: Yeah, I don't love Adam Gase.
1: <laughs> I, can we just wrap up Golden Tate? Like, is he going to be a 90-catch guy again? Because four straight years, 2014 to 2017, he caught 90 to 99 passes. In three of those years, he was over 1,000 yards. He's always four to six touchdowns. So here's where he finished, 2014 to 2017, in first non PPR, going from 2014 to 15, 16, 17, he was 13th, then he was 32nd, he hit it down here 24th, 21st. Then in PPR, he was 11th, 23rd, 18th, 13th. So that's a top 18 wide receiver in PPR, three of the last four years with about 90 catches, a thousand to 1100 yards, five, four or five touchdowns. It doesn't like that doesn't seem. I don't. I feel like the catches won't be there, but. 1000 to 1100 yards and five touchdowns? That's not that unrealistic. So I maybe I'm b- being too hard on Golden Tate.
2: The problem is a 1000 yards is probably unrealistic if he doesn't catch 90 passes. Well, I I've true. got him for 76 820 and five touchdowns. So you agree on the five touchdowns.
1: Great. 70, that's not a good year. Yeah, that's not that's not somebody you need to draft. So
0: Odell had over 90 catches in 2016, 2015. And in 2014, he did it again. 91 catches then. I wouldn't games. go And far. then Saquon had 90 catches last year. So, yes, Eli has connected with a teammate for 90 catches all but one of the last four or five,
2: five seasons. I wouldn't say it's not somebody you need to draft. It's just not somebody you need to prioritize, but it's a top 40 wide receiver.
1: Beckham had 77 catches in 12 games last year, so he was certainly on his way. But but it's he,
2: Odell Beckham.
0: Yeah. And this is Golden Tate. And, and I I would be. I, I I would be surprised if he had 90 catches, Golden Tate.
1: And not only that, and Dave, you mentioned this. The, the last eight games of the season, you didn't mention the exact stat, but they just they just ran the ball uh, so much. Eli Manning averaged 39.4 pass attempts per game before the bye. Last eight games, 32.6 attempts per, attempts per game. That is very low, and that will hurt. Does that that is what they're going to try to do. Whether they can do it successfully, I don't know. But they are going to try to run. All right. Second, I, I think yeah. I think
2: the key to that was they they played pretty decent defense down the stretch, right?
1: I, uh, they I don't know. I think they were four their and four after improved. the bye. Their
0: offensive line also improved. Their
1: offensive line improved. Their, I don't know if their defense improved. They they played some some bad offenses. They played Tennessee without Mariota. They played the Redskins. Um, yeah. All right. Whatever. Enough. Adam. Mario. Heath,
0: can you name the last Giants wide receiver not named Odell Beckham to get over 90 catches from Eli Manning?
1: Victor Cruz?
0: Victor Cruz is not correct.
1: Hakeem Nix?
0: Also not correct.
1: Flexco Burris?
0: Not correct. Amani Toomer? Not correct. But there is somebody. Someone did it. God, I have no idea. Heath, any guesses? No. It's that other Steve Smith. Ah, Ah, who caught 107 balls on 157 targets in 2009 for 12, 20, and
1: 7. All right, back to uh, the rankings. Rank these three. Antonio Brown, Travis Kelsey, Odell Beckham. (laughs) Antonio Brown, Travis Kelsey, Odell Beckham.
2: Beckham, Kelsey
0: Brown. I'm with you. Exact same order. All of them, obviously, first to second round picks in full PPR.
1: Last one. Rank these three. Mark Ingram, Derek Henry. By the way, underrated signing, t- Tennessee, Matt uh, Roger Saffold, left guard. Uh, so Mark Ingram, Derek Henry, Devontae Freeman.
2: I currently have them back to back to back. And I've got it: Ingram, Freeman, Henry.
0: I have the exact opposite order in PPR.
2: Henry, Freeman, Ingram.
1: But that's funny that you have them back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Did not know that. So And mine are not back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Why are we not, like, super jazzed about Devontae Freeman? Because we don't know what we're getting other than probably a running back who's going to split. He's awesome, He's awesome when he plays.
2: Right, it- he's got some pretty significant injury question marks and he doesn't have i i don't believe he has 300 touch upside anymore like he did in 2015 you're probably looking at 250 to 270 and he could be very very good but i i'm worried about his ability to stay on the field
1: that's fair one other thing he doesn't have is tevin coleman but he's got Edo Smith. got Edo. Smith. Ido isn't
0: as good as Tevin Coleman. I agree with you. But it's somebody that the coaching staff likes. And we've seen it now for the past couple of years that they're very comfortable having two running backs all the time. I think I'm going to move Ingram ahead of Freeman just based on what's, what's coming out of my mouth and what's coming out of Heath's mouth right now. It makes sense. We don't know how much he's going to play. We know that the Falcons aren't going to rush to give him 20 touches every week. There might be some games where he just falls into that type of production. But Ito's going to have to stink. Yeah. And that reminds me about another point I wanted to make about Kareem Hunt. Okay. The, The way that you should view Kareem Hunt is as one of those great quality backup running backs who's got potential to become a starter. But unlike Kareem Hunt, guys like Ito and Rashad Penny, and I think you can throw Carlos Hyde into this conversation too, They're going to be ready to go week one, and if for any reason in weeks one through eight they get an opportunity to start and be the lead guy for their teams, I think that kind of makes them better for drafting purposes than Hunt.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, who could—I guess it depends on how many bench spots you have, but if you only have like five bench spots and you're holding on to someone for eight weeks— it's tough. That is very tough, by I the way. I was
0: poo-pooing Mark Ingram last right, year because I, would, I wasn't going to use him for four weeks or five of the first
1: six weeks. There
2: are leagues, though, where when a guy is suspended, they can go in that well, um, sure. injured slot. So. But he's not injured. He's suspended. That's not right. Yeah, that's, but, that's but, we, would, but, we would regulate but, the hell out of that. But there are definitely leagues where that's just allowed. Well, it shouldn't be. On other providers. the like
0: league. parking your... 1989 Chevy in the low-emissions spot at work.
1: (laughs) Okay. We only have 39 people so far in the tournament challenge. That's 37, though, since we tweeted it like 20 minutes ago. So that's not a bad rate. But we got to get that number up. Let's get to 2,000, everybody. Join our tournament challenge. Uh, Stat of the day. So let's talk a little bit more about the Saints and what Latavius Murray brings to the table. But Drew Brees averaged 40.25 pass attempts per game in four games without Ingram. 29.8 29.8 pass attempts per game in 11 games with Ingram. Drew Brees did not play in Week 17. But that is 10 fewer pass attempts per game. It's uh, unbelievable. Meanwhile, Alvin Kamara was just ridiculous. 14 carries per game and uh, 47 targets in four games without Ingram. 11.5 carries per game. Uh, no, 12.5 carries per game. One One and a half fewer. And, uh, 58 carries in 11 games. Oh, uh, no, 11 or 12 games. Did he play week 17? He did not. So 11 games with, with Ingram. So what do you think? I mean, did you move Kamara up when they replaced him with Latavius Murray? How big of a downgrade is Murray from Ingram? Is Murray just going to step in and be the next Ingram? You know, like there's a lot to, to talk about here.
2: I think the difference between Murray and Ingram is that Ingram could have great success in the passing game. I'm not sure that Murray can. I do think there's an opportunity for Murray to score a lot of touchdowns and be a frustrating guy on a week-to-week basis. Maybe a better option in a best ball format to where you get those points when he scores, but you don't have to choose when to start him. I don't have any room to move Alvin Kamara up because he's already my number three running back, and I can't put him ahead of Zeke or Saquon.
0: I've got him ahead of Zeke in full PPR. And McCaffrey, he's my number two running back there. I do think that this opens the door for him to be exclusively on the field when the Saints want to throw the ball. I think they will probably try and use Latavius very similarly to Mark Ingram, but he's not as good of a pass catcher. And I think defenses will expect the run when Latavius is on the field, whereas when Kamara is on the field, anything can happen. So Latavius might get ten carries a game, ten touches maybe, maybe nine carries, one catch. And Alvin Kamara takes the rest. I think he does see a little bit more work. I think the opportunity will be greater for him this year uh, to pick up touches and yardage than it was last year.
1: Latavius Murray has not been a bad running back. He's been a pretty average running back. And as as excited as I am for Mark Ingram in Baltimore, I do think you have to ask the question, was Mark Ingram a product of the system? I really don't think Alvin Kamara is. I think Alvin Kamara is like a superstar. Ingram, on the other hand, I mean, you just look at yards per carry. It's terrific year after year after year. But they've always had a good offensive line, pretty much. They obviously have a great quarterback. They're not going to see eight men in the box as often as usual and as most teams. And now Latavius Murray steps into that role, and maybe his numbers just get a big boost. Maybe it's a Saints boost, you know? I
2: I think there's a good chance his yards per carry gets a boost. The only question I have, and the Bears have talked about this with wanting to get rid of Jordan Howard, is they didn't like the fact that when they had Howard on the the field, teams knew they were going to run a higher percentage of the time. When they had Cohen out there, teams knew they were going to pass a higher percentage of the time. And I think the Saints have kind of worked themselves into that situation more, whereas when Ingram was out there, you really didn't know anything. And so I I do worry that he doesn't get quite the same boost from New Orleans that Ingram did.
1: Uh, And I think that my basic philosophy is like just about every running back can catch passes if they're given the opportunity. I don't think Gus Edwards can, but I think Latavius Murray can. He has a 41-catch season. That's not terrible. That's his career high. He had a 33-catch season in 2016 right after the 41-catch season. I I don't know that you look at Mark Ingram and you expect him— like. Going to Baltimore, we don't really expect Mark Ingram to be a big PPR guy. But that's just what running backs do in New Orleans.
0: Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I would – The it doesn't mean that I'm going to be as excited about Latavius as I would have been had Mark Ingram stayed. Right. The nice thing about it is that if you're getting Latavius Murray and he's going to perform like Mark Ingram, you're getting him with a Latavius Murray discount because if Ingram had stayed in New Orleans – We'd be taking him in round six. And now that he's gone, we're going to take him earlier than round six because he's in Baltimore, and that's a great opportunity. But Latavius Murray's going to come two rounds later. He'll be a round eight type guy. So that might end up being a decent value all told in the end. Think about this, though. And if you're if you, if you you're into handcuffing chimera, right? it's much better for you. Because well, now it's the first-round pick on A to the K, and then round eight you're going to get Latavius. But—
1: Let's say let's say he's a 12 team league round 8 like end like round 8 guy. If you drafted Alvin Kamara, you took him second to fourth, right? You have to you you might have to go round 7. You might have to go early round 7 to make sure yeah, you get Latavius. Yeah, but that's the Murray. thing.
0: How many raise your hand if you're going to be excited to draft Latavius Murray in round 8 and you don't have Kamara on your team. Like you can't wait to do it.
2: Well, it's a pre- is your it's, hand up. it's a pretty good um, round seven, round eight pick if you started off at the end of the first round with DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham. And then you took Ertz in the third round. If you're going the zero RB approach, that's exactly the type of running back you want to target.
1: Are you taking Carlos Hyde or Latavius Murray? Hyde.
2: Right now, I would say Murray.
1: Okay. Why the difference there?
2: I don't think the Chiefs are going to be in a situation most likely where they're splitting up running back touches. Um, I I think there's a good chance that Hyde gets that job, but I expect that Damian Williams is going to start the year with the job, and when he has the job, I think Hyde's role is going to be much smaller than Murray's is in New Orleans. Right, but
0: it's we're talking about a running back who, when he doesn't have the job in Kansas City, might have one fantasy point, Carlos Hyde. What's Latavius going to get? On a week-to-week basis, it's going to be a good week for Latavius if he gets you six. I, if I he would scores, guess. A touchdown. I think Latavius is a flex. Win. Oh, I feel like I can do better than that at flex. It, it's possible. I mean, how many good weeks did Mark Ingram have last year? Five, six, max.
1: No, I don't. I don't even think that many. It's my guess. Uh, I, I mean, I can check. But let, let's okay. So so round eight times twelve, that's ninety-six picks. So let's who who are guys who are currently like looking at rankings, going around then Dante Pettis, Will Fuller, Cortland Sutton, quarterbacks obviously, um, Christian Kirk. So these young wide receivers, Royce Freeman, Rob Gronkowski. Like, do they strike you as better? Does Cortland Sutton, Dante Pettis, strike you as better than yeah than uh, Latavius? Will yes. Fuller does for sure. Yes. Okay. Mark
0: Ingram had four double-digit non-PPR fantasy point games. Three of them were 19 plus. Yeah. So his when he was when he was good, he was real good. Otherwise, he
2: disappointed you. Well, I think when you're looking at flex, you're probably looking for eight, right? Because I think he had six of those.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Of course, the problem with Ingram, I guess it should also be noted, Ingram did not catch passes last year. So I probably should have mentioned that, but you know like i said ingram was was very good in PPR with the saints but not last year for whatever reason they just didn't throw him the ball how many catches did he have last year
2: 21 and uh 12 terrible games.
1: what the hell was that it was so weird so he was a PPR dud the, if, if that the weird thing
2: was he still caught 80% of or 78% of his targets and averaged over 8 yards per catch
1: yeah i don't get it they remember they they really struggled on the road um down the stretch and I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Their offense was a little up and down. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was great offense, but let me see. The four games he missed. Um, nah, forget it. I'll just forget it. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, some other news and notes. Sorry if I'm confusing people. Quarterback. Okay. Huge stuff. Game changing stuff. Um, <laughs> well, t- Ryan Tannehill. There's that. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Ryan Fitzpatrick, but also Ryan Tannehill. There we go. I found my notes. Okay. Ryan Fitzpatrick to the Dolphins. Ryan Tannehill to the Titans. I could
2: get excited about Kenny Stills again.
1: Yep.
0: But it's still Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's still the Dolphins. yeah. yeah. Stills and Albert Wilson are two guys that will be – Nice fourth and fifth receivers That you can grab very late on draft day You're not taking Fitzpatrick Unless it's a two quarterback league And you won't feel great about it As of now He's he's in line for 16 games Man They're going to draft a quarterback I would assume that that guy Will get a chance at starting half the season But this is just An ugly, ugly year ahead For the Dolphins <laughs> and their offense
1: they're, tank, they're tanking That is good tanking uh Tyrod Taylor to the Chargers the Giants He report-
0: turned the Dolphins down Yeah
1: so did he Teddy Bridgewater be- so did Teddy yeah, Bridgewater yeah.
0: They both said
1: they don't want to be a part of the tank job <laughs> Uh the Giants reportedly don't think Dwayne Haskins is a good fit We'll see could could be a smoke screen
0: He's too young and too talented
1: <laughs> And
0: they like their quarterback's old <laughs> and over the hill <laughs>
1: Did you see the report that former Steelers running back Josh Harris says that Ben Roethlisberger fumbled the ball on purpose in 2014 to spite offensive coordinator Todd Haley?
2: That's totally believable.
1: Yeah, it was a kneel-down situation where they should have been kneeling the ball. I think they were up by nine. And he called for a running play, Haley. And Roethlisberger was just like... They all were rolling their eyes in the (laughs) huddle, the way Josh Harris tells the story. But then Roethlisberger... Handed the ball off to the fullback, and if you watch the video, the fullback was definitely not expecting the ball. And maybe that was his fault. I don't know, but uh, Harry, like, it's go to CBSports.com. We have the story on our NFL page uh, of Roethlisberger fumbling the ball on purpose, according to running back Josh Harris, who was the running back in the game at the time. Running back news: Mark Ingram, Tevin Coleman. How about the Redskins re-signing Adrian Peterson?
0: Can he play quarterback? <laughs> Bad news for Darius. Guys, it
1: is right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, Washington's another one of these teams that is in offensive hell. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if this necessarily means that Geis is slow in his recovery because he posts videos on social media all the time. He's he he can run straight now, and I think he's getting close to cutting and being ready to go. But Washington clearly wants to have multiple backs. They liked what they got out of AP. Their, their passing game is going to be terrible. They're, these running backs are going to see stacked boxes all the time. And Washington will probably trail in a good bunch of games. And neither one, Peterson nor Geis, will be great for fantasy use. It's sad.
1: I'm sad. So would you take Geis or Latavius Murray?
0: I'll take Geis. I'll also take Geis.
1: That's nice. Okay. Detroit will re-sign running back Zach Zenner. And he actually finished the season kind of strong, but I don't think it's stiff competition for Carrion Johnson. And the Jets released Isaiah Crowell.
0: We're just, we are careening toward a draft day selection by the Lions that will make us all very yeah. frustrated. Yeah. That they will take one of these running backs that we like, and they're going to pair him with Carrion Johnson for a young
2: one-two punch. I'm wondering if we see Isaiah Crowell in Oakland.
1: No, that would be interesting. 45 invites accepted so far for the bracket challenge. Wide receiver news. Uh, Golden Tate to the Giants. John Brown and Cole Beasley to the Bills. Tyrell Williams to Oakland. $47 million deal. $22 million guaranteed. Tyrell Williams.
0: He's going to be the number two receiver there next to Antonio Brown. We'll never see single coverage. We'll never see double coverage. We'll see a lot of single coverage. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I mean. It, I hate it. But he's got Derek Carr as Like, I was setting up for a Derek Carr joke, and I botched it. I was... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, look, Carr, Carr could Carr could be a top 18 quarterback. He could definitely be a must-start two-quarterback league guy. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have to play that well to put up fantasy numbers. So is Tyrell Williams somebody you're drafting, and when would you draft him? No. No? Okay.
2: You're just not going to draft him? I'm not going to draft him. I'll draft Tyrell. I'll take him late. I like him. I'm i I I'm, I'm always willing to call Tyrell, but... <laughs> Bi-week replacement. Carr is not going to throw the ball deep down the field.
1: Okay, Oakland released Jordy Nelson. Dolphins uh, re-signed Devontae Parker. Tampa Bay, Rashad Perryman. Uh, Bears, Cordero Patterson, he's a special teams player. Arizona, Kevin White, Dave talked about that earlier. Dallas is going to keep Tavon Austin, big deal. The Patriots re-signed Philip Dorsett. Now, going into the Super Bowl, Dorsett had a three-game touchdown streak. I don't think he had more than 45 yards in any of those games. But, uh, yeah, with with Josh Gordon looking unlikely to be in New England, maybe no Gronk. Anybody excited about Philip Dorsett? I wouldn't be so
2: ready to say that Josh Gordon won't be
1: in New England. Well, he won't be there for week 1, I wouldn't think.
2: I think there's a I I don't think we have um There's been some reports that the NFL is kind of softening their stance on those types of suspensions. Okay. And I think there is a possibility that Josh Gordon could have uh if I mean obviously he's got to do some things, but I I wouldn't write him off.
1: Okay. So so no on-door set or what?
2: Don't no on-door set.
1: And Maurice Harris, the Patriots also signed.
0: No on Maurice Harris.
1: And Jacksonville signed Chris Conley.
0: No on Chris Conley.
1: And Pittsburgh signed Dante Moncrief, which we talked about. And I once Late again round pick. put Arizona signing Kevin White in my notes twice. That's great. <laughs> how, how, how about. Uh, Maybe you're excited about Kevin White <laughs> getting that opportunity. Uh, I guess so. How Are about. you going to uh, take him? No. Adam, I want you
0: to draft him no. this year. Hell, though.
1: I'll draft him twice. Jordan Matthews to San Francisco. Anyone care?
0: I think that's a better signing for Jimmy Garoppolo than it is for Jordan Matthews.
1: Geronimo Allison to Green Bay we talked about. Tight end. Cincinnati, we signed Tyler Eifert. That's pretty much the only significant tight end news. Tyler Eifert.
2: How have I never had the team name Tyler I Hurt?
1: <laughs> you do now. I do. Team name Monday. Uh, okay, and then anything big on the offensive line, guys? I mean, Max Unger yes,
0: retiring. that's it. Max Unger retired. He was a huge part of that Saints offensive line, figuratively and literally. And uh, they're going to replace him with Nick Easton, who they signed from Minnesota. That's a downgrade. It's a downgrade for that line.
1: Anything else? I, I mean, how important is the Roger Saffold signing? That's a big one. Four years, $44 million for a guard, uh, Roger mm-hmm. Saffold, going from the Rams to the Titans,
0: I think it tells you what the Titans want to do on offense. I think they're they're well. They traded for
1: Tannehill, Dave. They want to throw it.
0: No, they they want to do the exact opposite of that. When you trade for Ryan Tannehill, you do not want to throw the football.
2: Yeah, the only thing I've really seen about their new offensive coordinator was his dad talking about how much he believes in running the football. <laughs> <laughs> because his, his, I think his dad runs FedEx. Is that right?
0: That's the uh, new offensive coordinator, yes. yes, Arthur Smith.
2: Yes, and uh, he he was giving quotes about their uh, their running yeah. prowess.
0: I'll just I'll remind everyone that the new offensive coordinator of the Titans is their former tight ends coach, who's been with the team kind of as a hanger on for I believe close to a decade, and is going to be using somebody else's playbook to call plays and has never called plays before in his life. It is the worst offensive coordinator situation or play-caller situation in the NFL.
1: And I think the worst offensive line this year, the Dolphins are going to be in the running. Because they have lost at least three guys from last year, right? They lost Sitton. Juwan James is gone. Well, Sitton got hurt. Juwan James is gone. Ted Larson is on the Bears now.
0: Right. But he he was like a back. Maybe they had to start him.
1: Uh, well, maybe I'm wrong. They're going to have a bad offensive line.
0: They're going to be in. They're they're just going to be in bad shape all the way around. Buffalo got my favorite backup tackle, who's going to be a starter for them. Ty inseki Oh, I think that's how you say. Thank you time. for
1: pronouncing that. Cause I en- think it's <laughs> Secchi. It might be
0: something a little off of that. I apologize if it's not right. But I thought he was really good every time
2: he stepped in in Washington. That could be bad news for Josh Allen owners. Oh, because you want him running. Such a huge percentage of his fantasy points came from running after he was pressured.
1: Yeah, that could be pretty n- sucky news. Sucky. Terrible. Uh, Denver center Matt Paradis is now Carolina center Matt Paradis, and they also resigned Daryl Williams. So the Panthers fortifying the line a little bit. Seattle resigned DJ Fluker and signed Mike Upati for the interior of their line. Atlanta. Mike Upati
2: has now played for three fourths of the teams yeah. in the NFC West. So if you were a Panthers fan and you decided to buy season tickets because of this and you, you bought a pair, would you say you got two tickets to Paradise?
1: <laughs> and the Falcons – That joke was you, Potty. Uh, – side James Carpenter and Jamon Brown. And that's it. I think we're done. Um, I like those signings for Atlanta. Yeah. Right, because their line graded very poorly last year, if I recall.
0: They did. They, and they got rid of their right tackle as well. But they replaced – they got rid of the right tackle, but they brought in two new guards – and uh, we'll see how that goes for them.
1: Their run grade from Pro Football. Oh, no, what? They was good. Okay, maybe I was wrong about that. You know what? I evaluated them on film, and I was I thought it was bad. <laughs> Here we go again. So let's get. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday or Thursday. With our second episode of the week, you know what we need to do? We need to do a mock draft. I hope we're doing one of those pretty soon. Ooh. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, for Dave and Heath, I'm Adam. Thanks a lot for listening. Na, 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 na. Na.